This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. For all of those of you that it's your first time listening in, if you are looking to contact me, you can do so through Twitter, which is at Liz in Detroit. Dot com, my Facebook, which is Liz in Detroit, and of course my website, www.lizindetroit.com, or my cell, you can call 313-617-2699. So I just want to say again, the big date, July 21st for the infatuation, so I have to give Liz, how much to them? That's July 22nd. 22nd, excuse me. Why do I think 21st? 22nd, sorry, Christian, for the infatuations concert at Shane Park with Sheila E. Um, and Tower of Power. And Tower of Power, and it's a big thing with WDET. So if you guys have been listening to um, 101.9, they've been doing a big promotion on that, and I always want to give homage to that great intro song. Um, but today I'm very happy to say that I've got... Kevin McBride from Parks Title Agency here today, because the last podcast, if you all remember, um, uh, Newman and I were talking a lot about legal issues involving things with title, and I'm happy to say that we're bringing them in today to get some of those more, you know, bigger questions answered. So thank you, Kevin, and welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes. Good to see you guys. Absolutely. So... Um, you 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 walked here today, right? Is that right, Kevin? I did. You know, I thought the podcast studios are a little bit closer to our Royal Oak office, and I, I started out, and Newman said, be there at uh, 10 to 3, and I looked down, and I was like, oh, boy, I better call him. Uh, I was only a couple minutes late. When mm-hmm. when Kevin got in, he was sweating like me trying to read. He was in that kind of shape. <laughs> but we made it. We made well, it. good thing you didn't walk from your Detroit location. No. That would have been a hike. And where is that again? So our, our Detroit office is our sixth office, and uh, it's at 2938 East Larned, and we, uh, we just opened that office. Actually, we haven't had the official grand opening yet, and we haven't had the ribbon cutting yet. Because I haven't gotten uh, the invite. You guys aren't going to be on right. that list. You That's know it. Okay. Uh, Newman got a sneak peek at see what it looks like. It had, didn't have all the furniture in yet. but, but uh, So we just opened that office um, probably about a month ago, six weeks ago is when everything kind of went live. You cool. know, you get the furniture in, you got the computers hooked up, the copier people down there. So we're just getting our feet wet down there. We're looking, uh, a little, I'll let the cat out of the bag a little bit here on mm-hmm. your podcast, but yes. uh, we're looking probably uh, middle of September uh, sometime that's for that, that grand opening. Away. Nope. So we're, uh, that planning's all in the works. That's so wonderful. that's our, our sixth, our newest office, our sixth office. Obviously our Royal Oak office is our headquarters. Sure. And then we've got Rochester, we've got Lansing, we've got Grand Rapids and um, Livonia. Oh, wonderful. Well, so, I'll be so happy to do my Detroit closings downtown. We're looking forward to it. I very we're much looking am. forward to it. Well, so that brings us to like what the importance of having you on today. You know, again, we brought up a lot of questions regarding, you know, with real estate transactions, the importance of title and where you kind of the whole concept of title insurance falls into the play of real estate transactions. Mm-hmm. You know, now in this day and age as we're seeing, you know, the marketplace um dramatically change. How, you know, tell us a little bit of the history of how Parks came to be, how they're doing what they're doing. Right. Well, you know? Parks was established in 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been in business about 26 years, which is great. We're really excited. Mm-hmm. We celebrated our 25th anniversary, obviously, last year. Nice. Um, it was established, and we pride ourselves on, you know, delivering fast and accurate service. That's what we, we pride ourselves on, customer service. Uh, you know, th- when you buy your home, that's one of the biggest, probably the biggest investment you're going to have in your life. 
So how can we make it a smooth and seamless process? And so we do uh, both residential and commercial um, real estate and settlement services and title work. That's fantastic. Now, I know we've brought you some interesting challenges the past year mm-hmm. for deals. What have you been finding, you know, are the biggest, I guess, the biggest deals that you work with? You know, is it people come to you more when there are problems with title or, you know, how, how are you servicing your clients now? Well, it's, it's more or less, it's not, uh, people don't come to us when they have problems on title mm-hmm. per se. It's the, those kind of things kind of pop up here and there during the transaction. So, for example, if you're listing a property and you know someone else is, you know, they they buy the property and then mm-hmm. you start the title work on mm-hmm. it, and and you're looking at you know the history of the the, the title, you know, who's on title, uh, are there any liens on the title, is there a mortgage lien, are there any other types of liens, are the taxes paid, those types of things, and that's when things might pop up, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that's so it's not that people will come to us and say. I think there's a problem with the title on my property. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't usually me, know. Can you help me fix it? Mm. Right. Oh. It's more or less. It's when the transaction, when the sale happens, sure. that that those things kind of pop up a little bit. You know, there might be. Um, you know, sometimes it might be something as um, you know simple as the property's in a trust, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, if it's um, you know, uh, mom and dad. You know, dad passes away, and then mom passes away and leaves the property to somebody and then they're trying to sell it. And so you have to go through that process. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. uh, so things might pop up or you, you know, you think that the, you have a mortgage and an equity line mm-hmm. that, that pops up a lot. Right. And mm-hmm. so they, the, the equity line has got a zero balance, but mm-hmm. they, and they think it's paid off and gone. Well, it's paid off at a zero balance, but it's not been discharged. Mm-hmm. So the lien's still out there. It's open. So it has to be closed and discharged. So little things like that pop up. Yep. Yeah. Now, um, I know I've brought to you, I think a few situations, with um, tax foreclosures in, you know, over most recent events with some of those properties, I think they went as far back as 2013 that they're, they're possibly all have clouded title and have to go under some sort of a quiet title in order for there to be, a, you know, a title policy given. Can you give an example of a situation that you, you know, you had to assess where someone came to you where they bought something in tax foreclosure and what was the process to try to get, you know, a warranty right. deed for that particular property? So, yeah, so that's more on the exam side mm-hmm. and I don't, so this is a little, this is a little bit outside my, mm-hmm. uh, my realm, but I'll give you what I do know. And, mm-hmm. and that is, is that when the, when something's bought at tax foreclosure like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, they come to us and they say, I bought this at tax foreclosure and, um, you know, sometimes we'll we'll file a Freedom of Information Act to see how that was done. Got it. Okay. Um, and then, you know, through our exam process, you know, we'll work with our underwriters to see if there's anything we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and but if not, then that's where the quiet title comes in, where you have to go to a real estate attorney, and that's way outside of my mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. my realm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but then that's when they'll do the quiet title action. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that Liz and I were talking about, and, uh, you and I had briefly started a conversation on it, was when it comes to a title company, you know, you just spoke about the examining area. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that there's a closing area and there's a processing area. Right. Give us a little bit of a breakdown of how Parks Title works, which areas, you know, kind of walk us through the process. Right. I order title work from you. What happens from there? Right. So um, let's, let's take it from the process of um, – you send the order to me, whether you're, you have the, the listing of the mm-hmm. property or you might have the buyer side, right? So you send the order over to us. It goes through order entry. 
from order entry, it goes into abstract. Abstract is going to go out and they're going to pull all the documents that they can, they can get. They're going to. How look. far back do they go again? Um, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to check with all the abstractors to see how far back they go. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't, I'm drawing a blank on the exact number because I don't do that every day, but, but they're going to go back and they're going to pull deeds of record. They're going to pull, if there's liens on the property, they're going to pull all those records. And, they, and just to clarify right. on that, the abstract is essentially the timeline of that property. Right. Through mortgages and such. Right. The, the history of the property, right? Things that might show up on um, – that have been recorded showing up on that title of that property. They gather that. That goes to the examiner. The examiner goes through it and they set up the commitment. So the commit, and that goes to our QC area and they type out the commitment. And that's where you guys get your commitment back that says that, uh, you know, the title is held in, you know, List Tintinelli's name, and uh, you know you have one mortgage at XYZ Bank, and uh, you know, and these are the things that are going to need to clear the title to transfer the title to the new buyer. So, is that that kind of what you're looking for? Mm-hmm. That process? Uh, well, just a little bit more. Yeah. So, uh, we've got the title work ordered. It's now gone through exam, right. and we've got a commitment. Right. Right. From there, um, right. I believe we're going to go to. Probably a closing table. Right. So you, from there, you know, the processor is going to work with you guys to set up the time. So let's say that it's, it's a really simple transaction, right? You know, Liz is the owner of record. We don't know those, Kevin. <laughs> Come on. I know you do. You're the owner of record and you, there's the only lien on the property is, uh, you know, your mortgage with XYZ Bank. Sure, sure. So we have, you know, you sign an authorization for a payoff. We send that out. We get the payoff letter back in. Everything, you know, all sides agree on the closing date. Everything kind of comes together as far as the documents, the lender, all the, you know, I's are dotted, T's are crossed. And then it goes to the closing table. And then, you know, she said the closing for, you know, Tuesday at three o'clock. And all parties show up and that's when the closers come in. They go through all the documents, you know, with mm-hmm. the seller side and the buyer side. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, in this day and age, you know, the agents and possibly clients that have gone through the process we are we've come um made aware of the new trid guidelines you know mm-hmm. that government and that's the government guidelines where they've they've amended what the closing document is and now there are, you know once we have a clear to close there's that cd that the buyers have to sign and then mm-hmm. there's the mandatory 3 day period that we all must wait in mm-hmm. order to schedule the closing right. explain how now that that's being enforced how that can you know, change the timeline of certain closings and, and, and cause things to be extended longer. You know, it can be, uh, it can cause some extensions, things to go a little bit longer because you have that three day period, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, the, the big change I think is not the only big change, but one of the changes was that CD, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, prior to TRID, if you got a clear to close on a Monday afternoon and all the documents were put together, you could potentially close that transaction on Tuesday if all parties were ready to go. Right. Um, you can't do that any longer, right? right. So, um, you know, you got to get the CD out. You know, so that's the lender's responsibility. The sure. lender gets the CD out to the client. You have the three day period to, to wait, and then you can, you know, close after that. So I think it's that you know the three days has kind of added that a little bit of a timeline on mm-hmm. there. But and I don't have any data to support this. Mm-hmm. But it seems like um, people are starting to work through that process mm-hmm. to where they're saying, "Okay, you know, I need to. I know I want to close this on this day, so I got to get my CD out on this day." So they're kind of backing that process up 
Mm-hmm. And then, so it's kind of hopefully smoothing the things out a little bit. And from the consumer's perspective, they're getting that those documents ahead of time so they know they can look them over, you know, and it's it's kind of smooth. I think it smooth the process out a little bit. Yeah, I know. Personally, I, that's what I think. So. Well, I think now I've enc- encountered more like underwriting and a lot of the lenders is being backed up because they're doing so many loans. So that's causing, you know, delays in being able to get out those uh, final closing disclosures to the clients you know, for those three days to start. And that's kind of been a stumbling block. But it's part of the process. And I think, again, as long as that's communicated to not only the buyer, but the the seller. Because to me, even though it, it might have been in place, but is now more strictly being, re- you know, enforced, it's, 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 again, very time consuming. And I think um, if there could be any kind of tutorial, even on, from a title side with buyers going in, I mean, they're getting it now if they're with the right lender that is talking them through the process. But even from the title side, that's like the whole other wave and stepping platform of the whole closing process that you kind of have to be comfortable with. Because you think you're giving all your information to the lender and then you get these emails from the title company. I need to know your marital status and this and this. and that. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like additional information like, didn't I give this already? Well, you did to this person, but now you have to give it to this right. person. You know? You know, it's interesting. Um, obviously – it's very strictly enforced. You're right. Right. Because <laughs> uh, if you don't follow it, there right. are big fines. And again, that's that falls on the lender's uh, mm-hmm. responsibility. Um, and something you said about you know the buyer to understand it and the seller, because typically that seller is selling a property, and they if they understand the process now, they're going to become a buyer. Right. right? So right. it helps that buyer. Sure. Helps them on, when they go and they become the buyer to understand the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were when trade was getting to roll out, we did a couple of different seminars to uh, to try and educate the, the industry, you know, what was coming. And and uh, you know, I, I was I joked around a little bit and said, you know, in real estate, it's location, location, location. <laughs> and with trade, it's going to be called communication, communication, <laughs> communication, because that's you know really that's the key. So you know, communication between the, the if there's two title companies and the buyer and the seller mm-hmm. and the lender. And the realtors, mm-hmm. uh, the, the more the communication, the better the communication, the smoother the transaction. Right. No, I know. And I think in the last show we touched about, you know, Newman asked, does it matter for me being on either side of the selling or buying side if, if there's more than one, you know, title company involved? And I think when I first started seeing split titles, it was more of a headache because, again, that communication was definitely being missed. But it, I think the more transactions I'm doing where the buyer is represented by their own title company and same with the sellers, it can work more seamless. Um, and I'm, I feel fortunate enough that, you know, we got you guys on our side yeah, most of the you. time, regardless of buying or selling, right. that you guys have really made that communication much more, you right. know, you've, you've bridged that gap in that. Because yeah. I know it's that's a big part of getting everything to close on time. It's like right. making sure that people do communicate and get what they're asking for and, you know, talk to the right people to get what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that has also changed, and I remember doing these transactions where, you know, if there was a slight change to that closing document regarding fees, you mm-hmm. used to be able to do an amendment on the spot mm-hmm. at the closing table right. and have it be made a part of the transaction. And tell me that that's no longer possible, right? <laughs> <laughs> Depending upon what it is, I should say. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, that any changes um, 
that would occur, we would go back to the lender. Mm-hmm. And the, the lender really, I think, needs to approve those. Um, and it's because it's not necessarily even just a monetary change, correct? It's like any change. As far as I understand, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Well, we, we know we need, to, we need to get one of our closers down here because those would be good questions for one of our closers. Yeah. Um, I mean... For a future show. Exactly. Now... What do you think should be like if I'm a buyer or seller? What are I mean, I, I get some people who say that they, you know, they're shopping around. Well, I want to get the best rate possible, you know. Um, and so you may find that big asset companies will go with one particular title company mm-hmm. because maybe they're, they'll get a reduction on their title costs if they, you know, if they're doing so much in volume. But if you're just like, you know, regular buyer or seller who's seeking out those services mm-hmm. where you have the choice to pick your own, what do you think people are looking for when they're choosing a title company? Or yeah. better yet, what should they be looking for? You know, I think there's a couple of, couple things in there to, mm-hmm. to kind of look at. So when you're looking from a choosing a title company, I mean, obviously do your due diligence, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, ask your real estate professionals mm-hmm. or your, you know, your realtor or your lender. Who have you used in the past? Who have you had good success with? Who do you, you know, who have you used in the past? Mm-hmm. You know, that referral, because you guys are in the industry and you deal with this day in and day out. Right. Um, you know, I guess ask, they should look at, um, you know, are they members of ALTA, which is the American Land Title Association or the Michigan Land Title Association? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do some research on them. You know, look look at their website. Look at the, the information. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that that goes a long way, you right? Know? Um, but what about like say fees? Because people yeah. think like one title right. company is going to charge so much more than another. So, you so know? that's so that's mm-hmm. the, that was the second piece I was sure. going to kind of address. You know, uh, we're an agent for four different underwriters, um, and so in Michigan, those underwriters file the title insurance premiums with the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Okay, and th- those fees, um, you know, they are. The title fees are based off the purchase price or the mortgage amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fees are what they are because they're filed with the state of Michigan. Right. Now, where you might get some variation are the closing fees. Mm-hmm. And so you may get a difference in closing fee from one company to another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've not surveyed all the title companies in the metro Detroit area. But, you know, being on different sides of closings, you get to see here and there. And, you know, at Parks Title, we're not the highest mm-hmm. and we're not the lowest. We're somewhere kind of in the middle of the road. Sure. Um, but, you know, it, it's not always that lowest fee, closing fee. I mean, it's, I think there's a lot that goes into it. What's the customer service like? What's, mm-hmm. you know, when you, can you make a phone call, get somebody in the office, and they pick up the phone to answer your question? Um, how smooth does the process go? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think from that standpoint, um, you know, the closing fees can vary, but the title insurance premiums, they kind of are what they are because they're filed with the state. Well, I think another big thing, especially with having to do a lot with Wayne County and, you know, as we all know, the Wayne County um, offices and the city of Detroit offices, you know, are going in through transition, you know, with getting better, making things smoother and having a company that knows their way around Mm -hmm. the city of Detroit and Wayne County is also a big part of um, what makes one better than another, I think, is because it can be a little bit complicated regarding right. getting documentation and having up to date, um, uh, you know, resources to finding out, you know, what the taxes are and all right. of that information. You know, I think it, you, you hit on something there. And I think, you know, look at the experience of the staff. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know, we're very um, blessed and lucky at Parks Title to have a very tenured staff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the folks that have been on our abstract have been abstracting for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the folks on our exam, 
they've been examining for a while. They've mm-hmm. got a great relationship with the underwriter. So if they see something, there's not a whole lot they haven't seen. But sure. if they see something they don't, they know how to. They know who to call to get the question answered. Mm-hmm. Likewise, the closers. We got a very tenured staff on the closing side. So you know they they know how to you know through the processing through the closing. Uh, they're they're very tenured. They understand the process, uh, and they make the process um, very smooth. I guess for the for the client. Yeah. They understand the differences in the clients. You know, somebody, somebody might be buying their fourth or fifth house, and they're a little more um, acclimated to the process. You get that first-time home buyer who's a little bit nervous, and our closures can sense that. Sure. And they can adjust the speed, and they can adjust the the detail. That you know, they and they make they can read the personality, and they can adapt to that so that that they can give, deliver good service to that person. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. understand. Um, now, you mentioned before you work with four underwriters, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, when it comes to establishing a basic fee for title, you know, title insurance, you said it's based more or less on the mortgage rate or the mortgage amount or the purchase price of the property. Right. Correct? That's what the title insurance, that's yeah. what the premium is based so off of. So that's in essence a set fee, right? It's, or it's an, Pretty much. I yeah. mean, you know, each underwriter um, is going to set their own fees mm-hmm. and those fees are filed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know... If the purchase price is one hundred thousand dollars, you look at the chart, find one hundred thousand dollars, and that's your got it. That's your premium, right? Right. So yeah, but we're an agent for four underwriters: First American, Fidelity, mm-hmm. Old Republic, and Stewart. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I know I've also worked with transactions lately. You know, with with concessions. So when you're up against a situation with um, a highest and best, this is one of the things that we cut with. You know, Newman and I talked about the last time is like, how do you make your offer maybe seem more appealing when you're up against multiple offers? And I, I've been presented with situations where on the buyer side, they're offering to pay for a portion of the seller's closing costs or seller's, you know, fees um, associated with closing. Um, to like better their chances, and so kind of knowing ahead of time what those fees are, you can kind of like, you know, you might not be getting this price, but this is less out of pocket you're going to be paying for this transaction. So right. it can actually be a huge benefit. Right, you know? and you know, if you go to our website, we actually have a calculator on our website, so you can plug the information in and see what your title insurance premium would be, what your closing fee would be. It's all right there on our website. Well, that leads to one of the things that we talked about before. Parks Title has an app. Almost like a closing app, uh, or is that mainly for real estate agents? It, it's it's more yeah, it's more for the real estate um, community. So for for them, it's a tool for them to be able to um, to help people who are listing their homes. So you can do work through the calculations on what they would net at the end. So the what would you recommend? Um, not that we would ever recommend a FISBO, but you've got a FISBO client. <laughs> right. That's coming in. Um, how are they able to ascertain? Are they just getting the information from you? Um, you know, a lot of times they'll get it from us. Um, they'll come in and they'll just ask questions. Um, as far as I know, I mean, but they they could if they we do have an app, not an app, but we have a, a calculator on our website too. So if somebody were to find us on the web and look at the see our calculator and says get a quote, they could click on that and they could. The they can and plug in like that hundred thousand, which is right. seven hundred and seventeen dollars and twenty five cents, based on your current rate sheet. Right, they're able to just plug that in <laughs> in addition to the fees. Yeah, so so, can, so they can go in and they can look at that. They can plug that in. Uh, they can put in so it's a physical, right? So they can put in the mortgage. They can put in the sales price, 
if they know uh, the buyer tells them how much the mortgage is going to be, they could put that in there too. Uh, they put in the information, um, and then they basically click go, and they'll get an estimate. And it'll tell them what the uh, the owner's policy would be, what the mortgage policy would be, what the closing fee would be. It even calculates the transfer tax for them. Yeah, yeah that's huge. And it's all based off of the information they put in, right? So obviously – you know, as the lawyers would tell you, there's a disclaimer at the bottom of the page. Oh, right? yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is not a. This is not. It's a. It's a quote only. You right. know, it's not a commitment. It's not. You know, it's there's a, there's a uh, uh, there's a disclaimer at the bottom, but it, it's going to give you a pretty you know good information. Are you seeing an uptick at all in FISBOs or a reduction? You know, that's a good question. Um, I'd have to actually track that. I you know that's something I I don't track on a daily basis. I know that when it comes to representing sellers in this marketplace, having those tools, um, like having a resource for a website or an app that I can give them oftentimes lets me know you know, where we are as close as we can to an exact dollar amount. So if I have yeah. a seller who's got you know, an existing mortgage, but you know, th- their offer might be close to that, as knowing you know, down to cl- as close as we can to the penny right. of what they're maybe going to be coming out of pocket if they have to, or just about what's going to get them to break even to better determine, you know, if they get a price in on X, what does that mean for their final, you know, net? So right. it's really important to have. So I use that resource. Yeah, and you know, the, the other thing too is uh, obviously not to keep plugging our website, but we've got a lot of cool tools on our website. And there's actually a uh, little YouTube video on our website uh, that people want to know, like, you know, what is title insurance? Why do I need it? They can click on that. They go mm-hmm. there, click on it. It's a three, four minute video. Um, and it's, uh, it's done really well. It's, uh, it's kind of an animated type of YouTube uh, video. And it gives people a quick understanding of, hey, this is why I need it and, and so on. So, you know, I'd encourage people to go to the website, click on the video, you know, look, quote, click around the website. There's a lot. Of, there's a terms and glossary and, and so on. Well, a lot of people don't even understand because I know. Again, during certain situations with tax foreclosures, you see things on the market that say quit claim deed, and what's the difference of like a quit claim deed versus that right. of getting a warranty deed? And usually that determines right. somebody who's going to buy it for cash versus somebody who needs to obtain right. a mortgage to purchase and what their lender will require in right. order to give the loan. So yeah, I mean, there's just um, if you go. Uh, there's a lot of um, that good point there, but you know when you look at the um, the different things, you know, because you don't buy a house every day, right? Right. And so um, you're going to kind of want to get as much information as you can mm-hmm. uh, for the through the process, and that's where I think you know if they go to your website, there's a mm-hmm. lot of information there. If they go to our website, there's a lot of information, you know, terms, glossary terms, uh, calculators, uh, just information in general uh, to help them take it all in. And then obviously they've got you guys to, to ask questions too, and, and we're more than happy to answer questions as well. So, you know, if your client's got a question, you know, we've done it before where you've just passed them through to us and we've answered that question for them. So it's all about trying to help them uh, be as informed as possible through the transaction. Right. No, I know. And, and having that, again, going back to our ability to have that communication with you as one of our preferred um, title agencies is really key because I know that if my clients have those kind of questions that they can contact you guys and get those answered. So that's a big issue. Which brings me to my business once again. Um, But, you know, uh, the the Park Shelton, I mentioned the last time, we're on our our last three units. 
We we sold the unit three. almost within two days after it was vacated by the last renter. So I'm down to three units. Um, and it's pretty exciting, sad, but exciting, um, because I'm seeing good things happen with the building in transition now that the owners are taking control and and getting getting things um, worked out. So it's it's pretty fantastic. But with the, the remaining units, I'm happy to say they're all um, nice, large two-bedroom, uh, two two-bath units that are um, on decent floors. Not the highest, not the lowest, but right in the middle. It's kind of where you want to be, which... It's where you want to be sometimes if the event of a fire, they can use the ladder to get right up there. True. But you get to see the beautiful DIA lawn from all of these views. Um <laughs> Mm-hmm. Regardless of summer or winter, which is pretty spectacular, and price points again um, range between like three fifteen to um, three fifty five for those remaining units. Um, I'm also getting a couple of interesting new listings. Some of the units in my own inventory, because I do have a couple investment properties, um, a, a two bedroom, one bath in New Center. I have coming up as of uh, September first. It's a nice two bedroom, one bath. I must say, because I got it renovated, some new appliances, some new paint, and windows and flooring and it'll be available as i said september 1st um 12.50 a month includes all utilities gated parking space on-site laundry and then i'll also throw in um a hundred dollar voucher towards um laundry because there is community laundry not in unit laundry sorry folks if you need that in unit laundry but it is a great top floor corner unit Liz, one of the things that we've always focused on has been Liz in Detroit. Yes. 90% of your business is in Detroit. But yes. one of the things I found interesting as we were updating the website is you have a listing in Bloomfield Township. I do. Tell me a little bit about that. This house on um, Birmingham Club Drive, it's kind of like a very cute cul-de-sac that's kind of offset from the busy um, telegraph Road, but it's recessed far enough back that you have no idea where you are. You think you're like in the middle of a nice forested area. Um, it's at the end of a cul-de-sac that's overall relatively new in its construction. New meaning, I believe in the 80s is when th- this house was, was built. But it's an actual pretty s- phenomenal cathedral ceiling, or I should say vaulted ceiling um, ranch, but it does have a full basement that has a bedroom and several closets, a bathroom. You could even finish it with the kitchen down there if you so cho- so chose. But um, as soon as you walk into the main entry, you've got beautiful vaulted ceilings with a whole window filled of door walls that are overlooking the backyard. Um, beautiful ensuite um, bathroom on the master bath and guest bath to one side and then it's it's that open concept that a lot of people are seeking for this day and age with real estate um nice big open living room that flows into the kitchen area and then a a wonderful three season room off um the dinette area so there's 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 not much i couldn't say about it um I think the location itself is great. Plus, you know, you can get to wherever you're going because it's close to the lodge in 696. You're close to downtown Birmingham, probably within about 10 minutes, too. So, You know, one of the things, um, you did a great job of articulating just how beautiful a property that is. Um, I would like to remind that if you go on www.lizindetroit.com, if you go to her for sale page, you're able to see the property on Birmingham Club Drive. And actually, one of the things that we do that a lot of other agents do not do is it's a 3D rendering. You'll be able to walk that entire property without ever stepping foot in it. And you'll, in addition, be able to see a dollhouse 
um, type schematic, you'll be able to see exactly how the floors are All laid out. Yeah, that's I love that floor plan um, concept because it really is able to show people who, if you don't get a chance to go through it, you get to see how well everything is actually laid out in the in the space. And one other question I had on the new listings <coughs> with 112 watts and number 27, which is pretty much right across the street from the new arena. Have it out there right now. One bedroom, one bath, 900 square feet. It's out there at 249. How long do you think it's going to stay? I hope not long at all. I, I've also listed it for lease, but ideally my sellers want to sell that space, and it's pretty spectacular. Um, we've done some repainting, done a few little upgrades to it since we first listed it. Um, but I think it's there's still so much potential in that area. Um, just seeing the Scott across the street just come to complete fruition has really changed the whole skyline to the north. And as they start the new um, developments throughout the rest of Brush Park, it's it's only going to get more populated. Plus, right across the street, um, they just announced, which I tweeted, a brand new coffee shop that's opening up in the ground level uh, retail of the Crystal Lofts, which will also have a really great restaurant. Um, I think it's called the Ghost, shoot, ghost machine, ghost, ghost, yeah. I, I'm sorry, sorry, guys, who own the ghost? No, yeah, but it's it's, I just it's saw it. It, great yeah. reviews on the restaurant, great reviews on the chef. So I know that they're going to do extremely well in that location because Brush Park is really lacking in any of that. So bring on the coffee, bring on the good food because I know that you will have you know many residents very happy to have that nearby. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what other other ones that I have that are coming up soon. Um, I'll have a release of about 11 units in inventory over the next year and a half from a, a, a private investor. We're going to start off with a property on Ferry that's a lovely condo that's been fully renovated, three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath that I'll come on the market within the next couple of weeks that's beautifully nestled right behind the Park Shelton. So once I sell out of the Park Shelton, I will have inventory near it. That still brings you close to that whole midtown um, downtown location because it's all located south of 94 um but look for um any updates on that and photos coming soon on my website and then kevin thank you so very much thanks for having me i enjoyed it yeah i look forward to bringing a closer in on so we can get down to some more nitty-gritty of the process absolutely you know we can we can definitely help you out there get a closer out here maybe Get Julie uh, out here. She's the president of our company, but she's also an expert on the exam side. Maybe ask her some exam questions. Yeah, because I know people are curious, especially I want to be able to service those clients out there. And I know you're out there that have bought a lot of stuff in the tax foreclosure and just understanding what you need to prepare yourself for if you're buying something possibly to fix up and put back on the market and knowing what the process is moving forward in order to do that. Sure. Yeah. You could devote a segment to that whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us again the website for Parks. So you can uh, you can find us on the web at www.parkstitle.com. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Park, you can park, follow Parks Title on Facebook as well. Wonderful. So thank you very much for uh, for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, Always a pleasure, Kevin. And that's it for my show today, everyone. Thanks again. And again, if you're looking to reach me, you can go to my website, www.lizindetroit.com. My Facebook, which is 
uh, LizInDetroit.com, Twitter, which is at LizInDetroit.com. And um, coming on the next podcast, I wasn't able to bring her forth today, but um, it's a local community organization um, representative that has done, that did the most recent um, Detroit Black Build in June that I'm going to bring on the show to talk about some great community stuff that's going on in the Jefferson Chalmers area and other parts of Detroit that are working on um, – filling in the gaps and revitalizing the communities that happen to be just outside of the core parts of Detroit. So thanks, and I look forward to seeing you and talking to you again soon. This is a previously recorded episode.